morning good morning everybody y'all just got y'all just got saved by the bell with that powerpoint coming back on because i got i got a little bit of scripture for you this morning so i was hoping it would come back on so you could at least see it on the board and write them down in your note taking however we would get through it one way or the other i don't i don't intend to have a lot of scripture all the time in every sermon but this particular one uh, i really wanted to stick with the scripture more than anything else because that's where we're going to find the answers to some of the questions that might come about. Before I get started though, uh, I'll let you know out on the table, you'll find uh, some t-shirts that we just uh, created and had made from the church, has a church name on it and whatever. And there's a little sign-up sheet out there. If you wanna buy some of them shirts, the prices are on the sign-up sheet. They look kinda nice. They got the church logo on it. And then this shirt and my wife, she's wearing another shirt for the polo style. So you wanna get some of these? They're out there to sign it up, sign up and tell me how many you want. If you have any questions, come and see me. They're good for just wearing around, but they're also good for when we do outreach projects and going out to the Mountain State Fair this year would be good for having for that as well. Uh, just remember that uh, when you're wearing a shirt, everybody knows you go here, right? <laughs> so just be careful with that. Same thing as like having a bumper sticker on your car, right? Can't be cutting people off and all that kind of stuff. But we're trying to get as many people to know who we are and reintroduce ourselves to the community so that uh, maybe people might want to come and join in our efforts in ministry. Uh, we ready to go with this, Kevin? We good? You're the man back there, man. What we do without Kevin, right? Well, praise the Lord for Kevin. All right, here we go. Uh, last week, we talked uh, a lot about uh, the church. And basically, I talked about praising you, praising God for you guys, for the church, the church as a whole, but specifically for Oak Grove Christian Church, because uh, we had a little bit of a tragic situation or somewhat of a tragic uh, life-changing situation with Aaron and the Ducker's family with the car wreck that we had to deal with with them. And uh, praise God that he has been able to recover from that uh, a lot. He's uh, almost, he's on his way to a full, full recovery. So I want to let y'all know that uh, continue to pray for him and continue to give God the glory for the things that he's doing. Because yesterday I went up there before we went to the ball game last night, I went up there and I had a conversation with Aaron. Isn't that great? Because he's awake and he's not able to, at the time he wasn't able to use his voice box because they got the trach in him, but he was saying some words and my wife reads lips. I don't know where she got that from, but she reads, <laughs> don't say it, don't say where you got that from. <laughs> but she was able to tell me what he was saying and we were communicating pretty good. It was just a blessing for him to be able to look at people and, and, and talk to people because it would have been a scary week for them. So, but God is, God is awesome. And we're going to continue on. And also the other situations that are going on in our church family, the Lord is, are all in his hands. So I told you last week we were going to talk about the church. We were going to talk about being members of the church. We were going to talk about the body of Christ and all of that going on for the next several weeks. This week we're going to talk some more about the church, right? And you can just go ahead and read the board there where it says, we are the church. And I think everybody that's, most everybody that's in here at least knows that or have heard those words. We, the believers, are the church, along with all the rest of the believers in the world. So we have to really understand and be able to submit to that, be able to turn ourselves over to that so that we can be where God wants us to be. And as we mentioned last week, as your revival preacher coming in a few months, we'll tell you again, his words are, go and be Jesus with skin on, Right. And that's what we do. We go out and we be the hands and feet of Jesus. So today 
I want to talk to you about something that uh, I believe, personally, I believe it's one of Satan's most used lies in today's society. He's got a lot of lies. I mean, he is the master of lies, right? And I believe, personally, I'm working on this theory, which I'll never be able to prove, and I'm probably never going to, it's not that, that's not that big a deal, but I, I believe that Satan tells only one lie millions of different ways, right? So just kind of think about that when you're dealing with those things, but really, I hear a lot of people in today's world, young and old, and everywhere in between, that tell me, here, I'll tell you, I'll give you some, I'll give you some examples of the way that they present it to me. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Hear that one? How about this one? I don't want to go to church because people are, uh, there are what? Hypocrites. That's, a, that's, a, that's been going around for years, hasn't it? How about this one? There's, there's nothing there for me. You ever heard that one before? And then here's another one. Church is outdated and is no longer relevant. Basically, they're saying this is what old people do. Now, y'all, if y'all are old people, then don't get offended. I'm not looking at anybody. <laughs> it's just what people are believing now. It's a lie that Satan is telling them. And then one of the ones that I hear the most, and it's the one that uh, troubles me the most, I guess, or at least gets my attention the most, people like to tell, at least tell me, the preacher, me and God, we do our own thing. You ever heard that before? And they're, and they're really uh, convinced that, that that's what's going on in their life. So I want to look at some scripture this morning to kind of help us understand uh, what to do with those uh, comments and what to do with that way of thinking. Because the reality is, if you are a believer, right, means that you believe that Jesus is the Christ and you've repented of being uh, an enemy of God, right? Uh, repented of your sins, you're baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You know how it works. You know how what's it, what we preach around here. And you're in Christ. Which means you're, about, you're part of the body of Christ. You're in the family, right? So how can you not be, how can you be saved and not be a part of the body of Christ? I mean, that's, that's my personal immediate answer. But that's not helpful for somebody who really doesn't know God. It's not helpful for somebody who's really wrestling with this relationship with God that they're wrestling with. Right? So I have to decide, we have to decide in that, in that moment... When people are saying these things, we have to decide for, do we want to win the argument and prove that you should be a part of the church? Or do we, just, do we want to help them get closer to God and have a better understanding of what the Christian life really is? Because I, I choose the second, right? And I try to fight off the first. Because to me, it makes a lot of sense. But that's not where they are, Right? That's not where they are in their life. That's not what they're dealing with. They're dealing with, how do I go to heaven? How do I be with God and have what I want at the same time? And if you really think about it, we all wrestle with that, don't we? How do I have God and have what I want at the same time? It's called temptation. And we all wrestle with it. So that's, that's why I'm saying Satan tells the same lie million, millions of different ways. And we're fooled almost every time if we're not paying attention, if we're not close to God. So here we are. Two questions that we're going to try to get through today. All right. And if you if you have a pencil and paper or you want to write on the back of your Bible or in the, in the bulletin, this, you might want to write down at least the scripture references. You can go back and check them out. And if you really need them, uh, I'll, I'll get them to you later. Just tell me and I'll try to email them to you. What is the church? That's question number one. And what are the benefits of being part of the church family? All right, I like to use the word family because that's what we are, right? We're not, we're not a club. We're not an organization. Right? There's membership. 
We're going to talk about a little bit about membership, but it's not the same as membership to some kind of a group or to Sam's Club or something like that. Right? It's not the same. You've got you to think about it differently. So let's go, first off, let's go to Ephesians chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. We're going to start off with these. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. And as members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Here it is. In him, the whole building is joined together. Joined and together are the key words in that statement. And rises to become the holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Back to the gospel presentation that we find in Acts chapter 2 which I think is the easiest one to understand, but actually agrees with every other time someone got saved in Scripture, that when you're saved, you're baptized into Christ, right? And the Spirit of God is for the gift of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that lives within me is the same Spirit that lives within every other believer in the world, including all of you. So how can we not be one? And how can we be the church by ourselves if we have the same Spirit? We have to be, this is a logical discussion that we have to have with these remarks about going to church or not going to church or being a part of a church or not being a part of a church or whatever it is people are believing these days about the Christian life, right? Because if we're going to just go out and invite people to church, it's obvious that they don't want to come because they're not here, right? So what we want to do is invite people to understand God, invite people to learn more about God and present God to them. The relationship, the reality of the Christian life and who we are as the church. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 to 5 says, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Right? What does it mean when you say all these comments that I just read? What does that say about what your, where your mind is, right? But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Notice that. We, we are many, and we form one body, right? All of us together. That means nobody in this room is more important or less important than anybody else when it comes to the body of Christ. Everyone is necessary. That's why Jesus died on the cross for us all. Because God loves us all the same. Right? And it says, the last part of that sentence says, each member belongs to all the others. This is why you can't be the church by yourself. Because once you submit to God and once you surrender yourself to Jesus as your Savior, you're saying to God, I surrender to you. I belong to you now. And if God says, this is the way my kingdom works and this is the way my church looks and you're part of it, then you can't be the church by yourself. And I have to say to myself, I'm not so special that God would do his special work only with me by myself. I'm not that great, right? And if somebody believes that they can go on and be a Christian without the rest of the body of Christ or without uh, some kind of uh, interaction with the rest of, uh, of the body, they're fooling themselves. It doesn't make them a bad person. They're just fooled into thinking that that's how it works. But each member belongs to all the others. That means I need you and you need me. Not because we're, any of us are special, but because that's the way God has put it together. And that's the way God works. And we all say praise the Lord, right? Because if it was all up to you to make disciples and nobody else, 
How much pressure would that be? We, we make disciples together, right? Because this side of the room and these few people over here make disciples in a certain way and these people make disciples in a different way and those people back there, they, they have their own thing going as far as how God uses them. And it all comes together as one witness. Unity. Perfect word. So these are, these are some scriptures that we can look at to start with. To say, okay, well, if that's the case, then let's look at these few things. That, that what, what are the benefits of being part of the family of God? And the first one we can see right here on, this, on the board is we, we get support, we get encouragement, and we get a place to discover and develop our spiritual gifts for what? For the ministry in the body of Christ. How on earth am I going to know what my part is in the body of Christ if I'm not ever together with the body of Christ? If I'm not being encouraged by each of you? To seek the Lord and to do what God creates me to do, what, we're, what we're, our gifts and our talents are there for. Isn't it great to watch someone else do something for the Lord? We send missionaries around the world and they're doing great things. They send back reports. And we praise the Lord because we're not out there doing it. They're out there doing it, but they're doing it because we're encouraging them and supporting them and praying for them. And while they're doing the same for us. And in the church down the street that are brothers and sisters in Christ. They're doing the same work, right? We need each other. We need each other's prayers. We need each other's verbal and uh, presence. We need each other's verbal support and our presence with each other, patting each other on the back, hugging each other, cheering each other on. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2 says, Brothers and sisters, if some is caught in a sin, you, would live by the Spirit should, uh, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. This is why we need Jesus, y'all. Right? Because if I'm in trouble, then y'all need to come to me and bring Jesus to me and get me back on the track. Right? It says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If you're going to be in Christ, and you're going to put out the proper witness for the kingdom of God... You have to be in Christ and you have to, people have to see God and see Christ. What we talked about last week. When the church did what the church did for just this one family. And we said God's a multitasker. So he's doing all kinds. Who knows how many things in this world for the believers and for, them, for people who aren't believers. All because people are in tune with what he's doing through his church. Right. Okay. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. This is the most uh, used scripture in defense of I don't need to go to church to be a Christian let us, let us hold unswervingly to the hope uh, we profess for he who promised is faithful God is faithful and his promises never fail and let us consider how many how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching raise your hand if you know when Jesus is coming back nobody he might come back before i get to the, to the next point i put a that was a dramatic pause in case anybody wanted to be funny and say amen right <laughs> look we need to be together and the writer in the book of hebrews was writing this down to people who probably were like if they were to come to church every sunday and that's all they ever did it probably he probably saying that's not enough what he's saying is Y'all need to be together. You need to be sharing life together. You need to be serving God together. You need to be loving people together. You need to be out in the community together. You need to be doing things together. Because that's what the church does. 
how on earth are we going to know what the Lord is doing in our lives if we're not around other believers where God can use them to help us? Right? I would not be standing here preaching this sermon right now, or any sermon in any church, if it weren't for the people along the way that God used to encourage me and teach me and correct me and, and whatever they had to do to get me down the road. And there's a lot of churches involved in that over the years. And I praise God for that. And my job is, as a believer, is to do that for other people as God leads, right? So don't forsake the meeting together. It's not just, it's not just coming to church on Sunday. It's coming to Bible study, uh, checking in with each other in prayer time, calling each other on the phone, going out and doing ministry, coming over here and cooking food together and having a big meal, fellowship. All of those things build up the body of Christ so that we can be the church. That's what church is all about. And that's why people are saying these, these things. I don't want to go to church because of the hypocrites. Uh, me and God do our own thing, right? I don't need to be a, a, a churchgoer to be a saved Christian. That's because they don't understand what the church is and what God does with the church. It's just a simple misunderstanding. It's a believing a lie that they don't have to. And by the way, the people that are saying this, they usually don't do all the things that they say they do with God. I know because I talk to them. Right? Right now they're off doing whatever it is they want to do. Right this minute. Everybody, right now, most people, there are some people in exigent circumstances, but most people are doing what they want to do right now in this world. Right? Some people are in situations where they can't get away from that. Let's look at our discovering and develop of your spirits and spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 6 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. How on earth, how in the world, how in the universe, how in God's creation would the church function individually if it's all the same God? I'll tell you what overwhelmed the duckers in the last couple of weeks was the amount of Christian people that swarmed around them in prayer and hugs and everything else that God sent to them in whole, all kinds of different ways, with all kinds of different messages of encouragement, strength, prayer, while their, their son was laying in the hospital bed not knowing what was going to happen to him. That's just one way that God uses the church. Sometimes God uses the church in a situation like hurricanes and earthquakes and whatnot, and we go out into the world and we make a difference in the recovery of all of that. Sometimes God uses the church in different ways in people's lives in the community that we'll never know. We'll never even see it. Because we don't see everything that God is doing in the hearts of man. Right? But that's our God. And we are his church. And he loves his church. It's the same God, same spirit. Each of us have gifts. Each of us have personalities. Each of us have talents. And we're all created by God. And it's all for him. Right? Some of us can play music. Some of us can write books. Some of us can sing. Some of us can do computer stuff. Most of us in this room can't do what Kevin does. Because nobody knows how to run a soundboard. <laughs> Kevin's like an expert at that. 
Right? That's why he's here. That's why God's using him in the way he, that he is. Just using it as an example. I'm not trying to embarrass you or nothing. That's what is happening. Right? Each one of you have something that God is going to use. And we need to keep coming around, keep studying the Bible, keep praying for each other, and keep encouraging one another. As God reveals all of that, the body of Christ gets stronger and stronger. And especially the congregation here gets stronger and stronger. And we get to do our part in the body of Christ. Right? Because every church congregation has its own personality. Every congregation has its own personality and is made up of a whole bunch of different people that God brings together to make that personality. And every church does ministry different. Every church serves the kingdom of God different. We may have some of the same programs, but we, we will do it different because we have different personalities. But it's all one body. And if we don't all work together, we're failing. Here's the next uh, point. Which being a part of the family of God places us under the spiritual protection of godly leaders. The leaders of the church, the elders of, of the congregation here, are so important. Because it's their responsibility to make sure that Satan does not have his way here. Hello? And it's not only their responsibility, it's our, each one of us have a responsibility to pray for them in that endeavor, in that, in that responsibility. Right? So that when, when we all come together and study the scripture, when we all come together and, and read the Bible and have prayer together and do ministry together and have worship time together, we do it in a way that reflects the leadership. Right? That's why we want godly leaders. Because godly leaders produce godly disciples, which produce more disciples. Here we are. I'm not going to read all of these particular parts of Scripture, but you can read Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7 to 8. It says, Remember your leaders who spoke, to the, spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is in the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we have leaders that don't come to church, what is that? what's going to happen? <laughs> Nobody else is going to come. If we have leaders that don't uh, get involved with the ministries of the church from time to time, not every ministry, but some, if they're not wanting to be disciple makers, then guess what? We're not going to have any disciple makers here. We, we lead by example. Right? And I'll tell you this, every church has leaders that, aren't, that don't have a title of leadership. There are people within, among you that have influence over the rest of the church, and you, you don't even know it. People do what you do. They want to go where you go because they see something in you that God is showing them and they want to follow you. That's why Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. Remember that? He's like, don't be like me. I'm trying to be like Jesus. Why don't you come and join me and, and be like Jesus too? The best we can. We'll help each other out. That's the church. Acts chapter 20 and verse 20. <laughs> Watch over yourselves. This is the, this is, uh, He's talking to the leaders of the little congregation he's talking to. He said, watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church, right? Uh, he says, which he bought. And I know that after I leave, sa uh, savage wolves will come in among you and will be not be, uh, excuse me, will. They will come among, among you and will not spare the flock, even from your own number. The worst thing that could happen to a congregation is for someone to come in and destroy it from within. Right? And when that happens, people in the world see it. People who are watching the church, the, the non-believers, or the people who just say they're believers and don't want to come to church because it's full of hypocrites, it's usually because the church is acting like a bunch of hypocrites. Because <laughs> we are a bunch of hypocrites, right? 
and it's the, it's the duty of the leadership and the rest, it's our responsibility as believers to make sure that we honor God in everything, including our disagreements. And we don't allow Satan to disrupt and put out that kind of witness. I'll give you some answers to those questions later. Hebrews chapter 13, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who watch, who must give an account. It says, do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would not benefit you. That's kind of a warning kind of scripture there. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7. It says, uh, follow your leaders, trust God, pray for them, trust them that they are godly men, right? Basically, he's saying, respect the men that I've called into leadership that you have agreed about. You agreed that they, they, they were called because there was a time where they were ordained and you all said, yeah, we agree with God, right? So we should trust them. We should trust that they're seeking the Lord. Hold them accountable, but we should trust them. And we should be uh, their support. Because at the end of that, it says, for that would not be, it would be a, no benefit to you if you don't do these things. There's a lot of times where churches, uh, every, every, every time a leader in the church does something or the whole group of leaders does something, half of the church will disagree with them and question everything they do. That's not healthy, y'all. So let's not be that church. I don't think we are that church. Let's just not become that church, right? Now, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21 also tells us how, he, how being a part of the church family provides spiritual accountability needed for spiritual growth. This is the, the biggest uh, point of conversation that I would have with someone who believes they don't need to be a part of a church to be a, a part of the a body of Christ to be to be saved because there's no way that you or I could ever grow in Christ if we're not surrounded by other believers because there's no accountability there's nothing stopping me from from interpreting this Bible whichever way I feel like interpreting it at the time because we're, we're people and we have ways of manipulating ourselves. We have ways of lying to ourselves and say, well, this is what God really meant. So it'll be okay this time. I know y'all have been there because I've been there. And I know y'all have been there because ain't nobody amening me right now. Right? It's okay because Jesus died for that. <laughs> and there's grace to cover that. But we, we are masters at lying to ourselves and manipulating Whatever we want to manipulate to have what we want. So if we're all by ourselves trying to be the Christian by ourselves, and we are reading our word and we're talking to God, it, it's real easy to convince ourselves that this Bible and God is in agreement with something that doesn't honor him. That's why I need you guys every now and then to come along and say, excuse me, <laughs> that, that's not what we do. <laughs> Let's think about what we're doing here, right? And it's good to have Bible study where you guys are teaching or I'm teaching and we go through the scripture and suddenly, boom, we're faced with something that we've convinced ourselves is okay and it's really not okay. Here's one thing I've learned. I've learned a lot of things from my dad, but one thing I learned. If everybody else in the room disagrees with you and you're the only one that says, <laughs> you might think about, or you, you might be wrong about something. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're doing the Christian thing solo, then the eyes have it, don't they? Every time. <laughs> Who agrees? I do. Good. That's, that's the way it is then. No, I got to have brothers and sisters around me that say, yeah, re -re let's reread that. Or let's think about this again. Especially younger people. When you, got, uh, you guys that have been Christians for a while, 
You can teach the younger people. It's like, yeah, uh, this is what happened, and this is how the Lord helped me with that. This is how I overcame this, or this is how I learned that. This is how I grew in Christ. I was challenged by this. This is what happens with the body of Christ. This is what happens when the body of Christ and the believers come together. This is what we do. This is who we are. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And that's a pretty short sentence that says a lot, doesn't it? If I'm going to have reverence for Christ, if I love Jesus and he's my Lord and I've submitted to him as Lord and Savior and I've repented, I've said no more living as a rebel against God and I'm going to go with Jesus as my Lord, then whatever Jesus says is a yes. Okay, yes, sir. That's what I'm going to do. With your help, of course, right? That's, what, that's how we communicate with Jesus. But it, the, the opposite of reverence for Christ is a lack of respect for Christ. A slap in the face to Christ. And this says, submit to one another. And you can't submit to one another if you never get around one another. Make sense, y'all? I mean, I hope I'm making, I'm trying to make it plain. And I'm not saying it because I believe most of y'all need it. I'm saying it because the people that really need to understand this aren't here. It's just one of them sermons that it's never the right time to preach it on Sunday morning because they're not here. (laughs) So you guys have to go and explain it to them because they're talking to you. So I'm just trying to help you have words to say, right? That's all I'm trying to do. And, and, and this is just, and it's really a challenge because most of our society today believes that you can be a Christian and not be part of the body of Christ, the church. So here we are, the lies that Satan tells to all of us. Because we might sit back and say, well, we've got to pray for those people and we've got to go out there and help them have a different understanding. But at the same time, I don't know about you, but if I wasn't a preacher, it'd be easy to skip church every now and then. Because I want to take my Jeep in the mountains and have fun in the mud. If I was still truck driving and that's the only time I had off was Saturday and Sunday, I probably would miss church every now and then. Because something in me would say, I work all week. And I don't have no free time, so I'm just going to go. It'll be, okay. It'll be okay to miss one time. And then about a year later, I'm probably going to church once every other month. Because that's the way it happens. Because I've disconnected from the body of Christ. And because Jesus is the head of the body, any one member of his body, if it's disconnected, cannot sustain life. Because Jesus is life, right? It's like if you cut your arm off, It might pump a little blood for a minute, but it will start to die. Everything about it will start to decay because it's part of the body and it depends on the heart and the the mind and the other organs to make it have life in it. And if you cut yourself off from the body of Christ, you're cutting yourself off from the head, which is Jesus, which gives life. And you can't have life that way. So how can we be Christians, be saved, and not be a part of what the body of Christ is. Make sense, y'all? So here they are. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I don't want to go to church because the people there are all hypocrites. There's nothing for me. All right, let me go through these real quick, and then we'll be done, because I got like a minute and 26 seconds. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I hope these scriptures have exposed a different answer to that question. And there's a lot of, I've I've been watching and reading a lot of other sermons about this topic. 
And, I, and I've watched almost every single preacher that I could find, they preach their sermon and they leave it open to, yes, a person can be saved and not be a part of the church. Because they're, and the reason they do that is because they don't want to say that coming to church saves you. And I'm in agreement with, I'm total agreement with that. Coming to church and doing what church people do is not what saves you. But just like baptism doesn't save you, it's still required. Right? So baptism by immersion is the same as attending church and being a part of a ministry and getting active in, within a church body, a local church body. It's all fruit of your faith. It's all because of who, what you believe. It's all because of a genuine commitment to Jesus being your Lord. And if it's not there, it's indication that there's a problem. So in that regard, I would say, I don't think you can be saved, genuinely saved, if you're not part of the body of Christ. So anybody wants to argue with me, okay, let's do that later. There's going to be a bunch of preachers that probably will later. It's fine. Number two, I don't want to go to church because the people there are hypocrites. Now, the common answer is, well, join the club, right? You're not going to find a perfect, you're not going to find a perfect church. You're not. The only thing, only time there's going to be a perfect group of believers together is when Jesus comes back and we're all in the presence of God. And all the hypocrites won't be there. The, the true, genuine, I believe, but don't really believe people, they're not going to be there. That's why Jesus said, some will call out to me, Lord, Lord, and I'll say, I don't even know who you are. Here's, here's, here's how I, I try to respond to people that say this. You, I would, when people say this to me, because they know I'm a preacher especially, I say, I realize that this is true. And I'm in agreement with you. And it's sad. But if people like you who know better, who, know, who see it, continue to stay away and not help us fix it, it's not helping either. And I just invite them to help me figure out how to make it different. Help me figure out how to make it better. Because they're right, aren't they? We're, we all act like we shouldn't act. And we all do things. Sometimes people see congregations and they're like, well, I can, just, I can, go, I can go down to the nightclub and, act, and find that. Why do I need to spend my Sunday mornings when I can just find that every day at work? Makes sense, doesn't it? So instead of condemning them, let's invite them to help us make a difference. Help us do things different. Because it's obvious that they might believe that God is real. They might even believe that Jesus is the Christ. But they're mad, they're upset with the people. And point number two in that is, why would you let people get in the way with your relationship with God? Lies of Satan distract us from those truths. Here's another one. There's nothing there for me. If there's nothing there for you, it's because either you're not looking or you don't realize what you need. If God is there, if the church is about Christ, if the church is genuinely the church, if there's nothing there for you, it's because you're not looking or you don't know what you need. Make sense? Because I've been to plenty of churches before I ever got saved and it was just, I was like everybody else. I was like, I'm not coming back here. But it wasn't until the Spirit of God revealed to me that I'm broken and I'm, there's no hope for me without Jesus. I look at my wife and she's like, well, I haven't been baptized either. And I, here's how it went. And I'll be, try to be quick. Here's how it went. My wife, the preacher came to the house, preached the gospel to us like he should. And then he left and I looked at her and she said, well, I've never been baptized either. And it, it, I was like trying to put it all on her. I'm like, what? You ain't never been baptized? We got to go do that. That was, my, that was my way of saying I need to be baptized without hurting my own feelings. <laughs> I'm like, we got to go do that. So we went and got baptized together and, and, and it changed. 
Because then I started realizing, I, saw, I started seeing that I need something. And I started seeing that the only place I can get it is where the believers are. I started seeing that all these other believers, they got something that I need and I want it and I need to go find it. And when I did that, they surrounded me and they helped me find it. And here we are. And here you are. Y'all got the same story. Different players. So there is something there for you. And if you just look and you, and you, and you start looking for the right things, it'll be there. Church is outdated and is no longer relevant. This, this is like, I throw this one in the trash. I throw this, this, this is my closing stuff anyway. So this, I throw this in the trash. Why? Because you can go anywhere in this world and you can find all different kinds of churches that have different music, different ways of preaching. They have different ways of gathering. They got different Bible studies. They meet, in, they meet outside. They meet in people's houses. They meet, sometimes they meet in the bars, which I'm not in agreement with, but they do it. So don't tell me that you can't find a church that's relevant to your life. Because you can't, you just, you just don't want to go, right? So I just wiped that one away. I do it gently though. And then this last one, me and God do our own thing. This one here, I, I pray about the most because people, sometimes people say things that reveals a lot. We say things that reveal a lot if we're paying attention. Me and God do our own thing is because going into the presence of God when you're guilty is hard. The, the only atheists, the only, I believe, the only genuine atheists that exist in this world are the ones we never hear from. The ones, the, the ones who claim to be atheists and they're the loudest and they spend their entire lives trying to prove that God doesn't exist are because they're the most convicted about God's existence. Right? So when people say me and God, and the reason that people say it to me a lot is because they find out I'm the preacher. And then they're suddenly convicted like I'm somebody. They're like, oh, the preacher's here. And I don't even ask people, do you go to church? I never ask people, do they go to church? But they come to me. Every time they find out I'm a preacher, they're like, they start telling me how many times they go to church or why they don't go to church or whatever is going on in their life. And I'm like, I didn't ask you if you went to church or not. I just want you to take my money so I can have my lunch, whatever it is the case is. But there's something going on spiritually. That forces them to react that way. And if we recognize that, we'll be able to interact with them and with the spirit of God and help them get closer to realizing that they do need God and realize that this is a place that's safe. It's a, it's a good place to come. It's a place where they can find what they need. And this battle between themselves and Satan and God, this whole wrestling match they got going on that we have going on can become totally different. They would just accept the truth. Y'all agree with me? This is what we're facing. If we're going to make disciples, it's like everybody in here has been out there saying, come to church with us. You should come to church with us, whichever way you say it. And 99% of the time they don't come, right? It's because we're not addressing the need, right? Why would they come here? If they wanted to come here, they would come. I'm not saying stop inviting people. I'm just saying, Ask God to help you find ways in to get rid of these excuses is what they are. They're excuses. Right? If I wasn't a preacher, I would be just like everybody else. But since y'all pay me, I got to be here. <laughs> I want to be here. I love being here. I wouldn't change it for the world. But it's real easy for people to just go on and lie to themselves and say, I'm going to be with God even if I don't participate in the church. 
And the sad part is when they wake up in the presence of God, they're going to be sadly surprised, terrifyingly surprised. And we love them enough to find ways to help them understand something different. God loves everybody, right? It's not about just coming to church. It's about being connected and being a part of what God's doing in his church, the body of Christ. So we're going to talk about membership. We're going to talk about all that stuff in the future. If you don't have a relationship with God right now, if you're not saved, you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, then come and ask me. After church, we're going to sing a song. If you do know and you're ready to commit and you're ready to uh, be a part of the body of Christ, let's do that right now. We can baptize you right now. Take your confession of faith. We can just move together. We can move together. Let's sing together and we'll finish up and we'll praise God together and we'll continue on with our work as a church. Let's stand together.